Welcome to episode 49 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level, played from youth and high school to juniors, college, and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all the happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. As always, I'm joined by Jason Lewandowski, the commish, Scott Harrington, and producer Dan Humphrey. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people making the Ohio hockey community better. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by Team Ohio. Time in the rink as a Team Ohio player is about more than competition. It's about seizing opportunities to grow as athletes, being a great teammate, and part of a community. That's why Team Ohio's premier Tier 2 hockey program welcomes youth players ages 5 to 18 years old to join the nationally lauded program. With reasonable fees, transparency, and athlete development that has prepped players for teams at all levels. Team Ohio is here to coach players for success, both on and off the ice. Go to TeamOhio.com to learn more. Last week, we had the opportunity to touch base with an impressive young man, Spencer Cox, who grew up in the Columbus area playing for the AAA Blue Jackets before making the decision to spend three years at Culver Military Academy to further his development, maturity, and education, both on and off the ice, before heading to play junior hockey this year. He had an interesting journey around the country and almost Canada before finding a home with the Chippewa Steel of the North American Hockey League. He is continuing his development there this season before heading to Long Island University next year to play for NCAA Division I hockey team in Long Island. Uh, guys, it was a great talk speaking with Spencer. I, I really found his journey to be interesting, especially when he chose uh, the military academy over all these other academies that he could have gone to or prep schools that he could have gone to. He liked the structure and what, whether it was his parents advising, he had an advisor, I don't know who, who it was, Maybe it was just his own decision, but to get in that uh, kind of environment, he knew that would help him throughout the, uh, his life. I think the fact that he was journeying around town, getting shut down, the teams were getting shut down and even up to Calgary and getting sent home. And I, I know he spoke that he did uh, check out some out East, some uh, prep schools out East. Along with the structure comes the, uh, my mind went blank. The, uh, uh, distance excuse me the distance so in playing all over the country or trying to play all over the country and then settling you know obviously settling close to home I'm sure that had a nice big factor on him but the, the fact that he had to on the fly I made a decision oh wait they shut down new, new decision they shut down new decision I'm going to another country oh wait they won't even let me in I mean young man's resolve uh, to keep going and, and see his dream all the way through is, is pretty commendable yeah, and a, a school like Culver is probably not for everybody, but you know he he knew what the the benefits were of that type of an environment and thought he could use that, and it seems like it paid off for him. I think about my best friend growing up; he was a high achiever, straight A student, and all that. And his little brother just could not do anything right. And I'm not saying that that's the kind of kid that's, that that uh, Spencer was, but um, and we're like, you know, what what are we going to do with this kid? And he decided to go into the military and came out a different person, you know? So, uh, but again, that's, that's not a, a, a decision that's for everybody. There are much more uh, fun ways to spend your high school years, I suppose, than going to a military school. You know, and I thought him discussing, and we talked to him a little bit about how, how do you decide to go to Long Island University, a second year program, 
in the middle of a pandemic, which clearly that area was hit, if not the hardest, one of the hardest hit areas in our country. And they're recruiting you to come there uh, to play hockey. And, and he, he made it very, very uh, easy. He's like, I like the coaches. I could see myself in that program. You know, and we've heard that from many people over the, the 49, now 49th episode. We've heard that from many people talking about it doesn't matter where it is. As long as it's the right fit for you, it could be the USHL, the North American Hockey League, the NCDC. It could be anything. It could be Long Island University or Wisconsin, as long as it's the right fit for you. Now, I will say this, and we're going to talk about this more in the uh, uh, in the news. But how many we're seeing? Like, I mean, the travel or the uh, transfer portal is just going out of control in in hockey. Is that like, I mean, what contributes to the fact that maybe some of these kids are like, I'm not in the right spot? That's a, yeah, that is. And and you look at the age group of guys that are going in and out. I, I, do you think guys just settled? And now that this opportunity came to be, they're like, okay, look, they're, they're allowing us this one time out. I'm out. Well, what was, what was the rule before? The rule before was you had to sit. Yeah. Right. But I think the other thing is the fifth year that they've gotten. I mean, some of these guys, they probably weren't recruited heavily by the big programs when they were 17. And now those programs have some holes to fill and they can bring in a 22 year old with four years of NCAA experience. And that's a big difference. No, I so agree. Maybe they get a chance to play in some different places where maybe they didn't before. I agree with you. But what about the, sophomores and juniors that are that are transferring right so because it's not just fifth years right true i mean yeah. and i know they're getting the fifth year uh eligibility i get that but i mean just i was thinking about that as spencer was talking and then then listening to the podcast uh throughout the week i i was just was wondering like this guy made a decision to go to a school based off of the program and i'm, I'm sure the school as well and i don't want to take that out of it but also because of who leads that program you know, and, and I, we probably know a handful of guys, even more, and there's probably a bunch of them out there that are sitting in the stands at a junior program or, or college program. They could be playing somewhere else, but because it says USHL, they want to stay there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Well, it'll be interesting with the NCAA thing because it's going to be a one-shot deal going forward. You can do that once. You can't keep hopping around to a different school every year. So I wonder if there might be some the grasses looked greener situations where your kids are like, Oh, screw this. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go somewhere else. And then they go there and think, no, well, <laughs> maybe I should have stayed where I was. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point though, if you, if you transfer and then you're literally stuck. Right. You know? So, well, it was, it was good catching up with him and, and, you know, we're going to, obviously we wish him best of luck. We're going to keep our eyes on him and, and hopefully we can uh, report some good news on him uh, next year when Long Island plays and we have, NCAA hockey back uh, going full go. Um, this week, this week's going to be a little bit unique. This week, we're going to be talking to three coaches uh, from three different programs that have qu- that have qualified for three different levels of the USA Hockey National Tournament. First, we're going to talk to Shauna Conway. You might remember her from episode five. She's the head coach of the Gilmore Gladiators U16 team, and they qualified for uh, nationals. Then we're going to talk to AAA Ohio Blue Jackets U18 Tier 1 coach Daryl Norin. Daryl's going to talk us through his through their uh, uh, year and how they ended up at Nationals. 
And then we're going to be speaking to a friend of the program, and he was on episode 22, uh, Pat Metzger, who is the head coach of the Tier 2 uh, Team Ohio U18 team who qualified for nationals, and also his program's U16 Tier 2 U.S. Uh, uh, hockey national team qualified as well. So looking forward to catching up with those guys and ladies. Uh, but first, uh, what's going on with you guys? Danny, how's it going? Any interesting news? Um. So we uh, we got some plants in the ground. I saw a picture over the weekend. Yeah, dude, it was. It's Instagram, Danny. Now, man, I'm telling you. Um, somebody's doc. Somebody's documenting got... every step of the way. I like where we're going. Content. We Content. have to. Content. I mean, well, listen, Jay. Jay, you you do understand if it's not on social media, it's not true. Well, so if, it, if Danny, I don't even think it happened. Right. If Danny told us, if it's not on social media. If Danny told us that he's got plants in the ground, unless we saw it on the social media, he it, it, it ain't true. No. Insta Dan. Insta Dan. Insta Dan. So we got some lettuce and some kale, the you know the stuff that can handle the cold cold weather, because I mean as much as you know I'm looking forward to 80 degrees this week. You look at the lows; they're still getting down mid 30s. Right. Um. We were talking last week off air when I said my tomato, um, my neighbor got his tomato plants already in. They're all yeah. dead. Well, well, hell, we had five inches of snow. <laughs> yep, they they didn't make it. You know what's crazy about that? The day that we all got five inches of snow, uh, management lives in Bay Village, which is right on the lake, and I had to drive through Bay. There wasn't a trace of snow in Bay. We got snow. We got a couple inches. Well, I was there. At we didn't get five inches, but we got we had snow. I was and there. So at I had to clear off Mrs. Harrington's uh, car in the driveway for that morning. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I, when I was there at three o'clock in the afternoon, I asked the guy I, I met in Bay. I said, "Why don't you guys get snow in Bay?" He goes. We don't get snow or rain in the Bay Bubble, trust me. <laughs> Not entirely oh, true. But, oh, yeah. come on. You guys paid somebody to keep the snow off the ground. <laughs> so, Dan, oh, so what else? You just put the lettuce and the kale. Lettuce, kale. Um, I planted some seeds, you know, a couple weeks back, so my radishes are starting to pop. Uh, what else did I put in? Kohlrabi. Excuse so, me? Kohlrabi. Colorado? No, oh. Colorado. Oh, Colorado. I thought you said Colorado. Um, no, the way the way today's going, I I wouldn't mind going to Colorado. <laughs> right. Yeah. Be able to relax a little bit. But... Oh yeah. <laughs> we 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 record this at six o'clock, not four twenty p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what's up with you, buddy? I don't get the reference. Um, not too yeah, much. Yeah, I haven't planted anything. I I managed to mow my lawn. That's about it. But uh, got out uh, on a ten mile hike on Sunday with a fifty pound pack. Oh, getting ready for the the big uh, backpacking trip coming up in June. So as, I felt as pretty he's good. stretching his back right now, you see? I know. Him? I know. Like, I saw. Oh, oh yeah. I did, uh, there was a little knot. I did ten miles with there a fifty a pound knot. pack. So she tried to kick you out, and you made it ten miles. <laughs> yeah. Take everything did, you own. What did you put in the pack to make it fifty pounds? I actually, uh, somebody suggested using kitty litter. We didn't have any. I actually just took some free weights. Like I put two in the bottom and then a pillow and then another one on top to kind of spread it out a little bit. So it wasn't all just sitting on the bottom. Yeah. That seemed to work. All right. It was kind of unbalanced, but. Where's the, where's the big trip? Where's the big trip again? 
New Mexico. Oh wow! Northern part of New Mexico, up by up by Colorado. Oh yeah, it's just across the border, buddy. Um, yeah. what uh, this is for scouts? Boy Scout trip. Yep. Okay, and what is the temperature like where you're going in New Mexico? It'll be uh, cool at night. Actually, uh, you're required to have a, a 20 pound or a 20 pound, a 20 degree bag. Okay. So it can get down in the thirties and forties at night cause we're up at elevation, but it should be dry and decently warm during the day. I would think this isn't going to be in June. So. And, and how many, how many, uh, uh, scouts are going? Uh, six and four dads. And, uh, we're going to cover about 55 miles in 12 days. So do you drive out there or do you fly out there and then do it? We're flying to Denver and then driving down. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you have to get a cooler with like specialized tires over that terrain for the dads or? <laughs> no, they, the scouts frown upon that, do they? they? They do. I think the group we're going to be with, it would be fine. It's just the weight. You're, you're everything you're trying to not uh, carry the weight. So I think there'll be a flask that makes it, but that's going to be about it. And and how, how long does this take? How long is this trip supposed to be? 12 days, 50 something miles. So what do you guys do? Like seven miles a day and then camp? Yeah. Break down the camp, hike to the next spot and then set up your camp. And then there's an activity at each, most of them there's like ATV riding or rock climbing or target shooting or whatever wow. to do in the afternoon. And then you, uh, Camp out, break down your camp the next morning, and head head out to the next one. That's cool. Yeah, that yeah. does sound that does sound cool. Yeah, I was watching some YouTube videos of people that put up stuff about their trips. It looks really cool out there, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Is this the first trip of this size that you've done, or have you done others similar in years past? Or no? Oh, our, our longest trip I think is like three or four nights. Okay. And I can do anything for three or four nights. But this is different. This is, <laughs> yeah. Some thought has to go into it. You got to have the right equipment and all that. Yep. It's uh, now. Too bad. I'm not too worried about that. I actually the thing on Sunday went fine. I, I'm not worried about the weight or the distance or anything like that or the uphill stuff. It's uh, I'm just as long as I don't have any issues with chafing or blisters because that could just ruin your whole week. You know what I'm saying? Did you get that, that power glide that the runners use? Got the old monkey butt. <laughs> little, you got little, the old baboon ass going. As long on. as it's unscented, so it doesn't attract the bears. Oh no, you just gotta go, hey bear, hey bear. <laughs> now, do you have walking sticks too? I don't. They suggest them. I've never used them. I, I what do they call them? Trekking poles, rather. Yeah, me. they'll sell you some for 150 bucks at REI. Yeah. I'll yeah, probably just grab a stick and snap it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it, but got to get in shape. Jay, what about you? No, I don't. I, I, you always make me follow these two that do stuff, <laughs> and I, I do nothing. So I really don't have much to, to report. Um, you know, the weather's uh, getting a little nicer, even though we did have the five inches of snow. I don't live in Bay, so they let the snow fall right on everything I own. Um, I really wish we could go back to an ice rink and, and do some hockey. Do that hockey thing, you know. Let's do that hockey. Do that hockey. Thing. But uh, no, looking forward to ne- uh, this week speaking with the, uh, the the guests we have, and also looking forward to next week the big five zero. 
getting our uh, year in, you know, with the number of weeks that we take off for holidays and other such things that we're hitting our year next week. And that's going to be pretty exciting. I never yeah. thought when, when we first spoke about this, that technically we'd last a year. And to be honest with you, looking at our numbers, I don't really know if we even will last the full year. <laughs> yeah. We still got to get one through one more week. Jay. <laughs> I know. I know. Cart before horse. Right. So how about yourself? Well, I, I, I normally don't do this, but I'm going to throw a little uh, a humble brag out if you guys don't mind. Um, for the for the past year and two and a half months, uh, I decided to go back to school full time and get a master's in higher education administration. And Friday was my last day. And uh, so I completed my graduate program in a year and two months while trying to teach, coach and raise a family. And it was uh it was a lot of work, Jay, and as you know, I was always writing papers, this and that. So Friday was a uh, um, an exciting day for me as as it was over. So that's awesome. Yeah, oh, congratulations. So, thank you. So um, I'm going to have a graduation party like Billy Madison. We'll have uh, <laughs> penguins and uh, blow up swans, and I'm sure we'll find uh, management Harrington uh, on my back porch. I don't even know what day it is. So yeah, so. he'll hike over. Don't worry, he'll hike over. Yeah, yeah. So no, just, but that's it. You know, go ahead. I was gonna say, just make sure the party's uh not on Kentucky Derby Day, because oh, from no, what no, I no, from what I that. can remember, it gets a little wild at your house on we Kentucky Derby. Well, Day. Uh, quick, quick, <laughs> quick story, quick story. I forgot about that. If you don't mind, Dan. Not no, he all. doesn't that's, mind. That's why I brought it up. So <laughs> we have great. It was Grace's, right, Danny, or was it Molly's? It was Molly's. So we have Molly's first communion party. And it's the same day as the Kentucky Derby. And um, we have the bounce house in the back. And, and so then we start we start throwing some bets down on the Derby. And and Danny, I, I mean, I don't know. I was like kind of just like bouncing around the, the house and stuff. And Danny uh, evidently, you know, was overserved, if you will. In, in my defense, I did go golfing uh, with a certain friend of ours that morning. So I was already right. coming in a little hot. So we all gather around the TV and Danny's sitting on uh, the floor uh, watching the TV right next to my 91 year old grandmother. And, and Scott, I, I, I apologize, but I don't think the FCC is going to really ban us on this one, but he, he said uh, to the horse, I think it was something like, give him the fucking whip. <laughs> <laughs> multiple multiple times too and and his wife i mean dude it was loud and my my 91 year old <laughs> grandmother was like staring at him and and his uh his wife danny's wife uh literally when the race was over the horses weren't even slowing down yet she was like we're leaving she goes i gotta get him out of here <laughs> <laughs> so dan tell what you did on the ride home so i i you know, had the munchies, Scott. So I ordered, called and ordered some pizza to get delivered to show up about the same time we got home. Um, my eyes were a little bigger than my stomach, so I probably ordered about $70 worth of pizza and wings. As soon as I walked... By the way, by the way, we had a huge spread of food. So I don't <laughs> know how we got so hungry. Um, <laughs> as soon as I got home, I just face planted on the couch, fell asleep, passed out. Denise got stuck paying the bill for all the food. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, 
So, yeah, we won't do it on the Kentucky Derby. I, the Derby's this Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. Yes. So, Thank you. Yes. So, anyhow, so that's my little humble brag there. So, um, I'm, I don't, awesome. I, I, I shouldn't, I don't want to say this because it's going to come bite me in the butt, but I don't know what I'm going to do with all my free time now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we'll be able to watch some TV or do something instead of writing those stupid papers. There was, a, there was one point I was taking three classes in a semester and I was writing. I was writing 12 papers a week for seven weeks. Oh, that was that. Well, that, and that wasn't, it was uh, January into late February, early, early March. During hockey season. Oh, yeah. Wow. Jay, how many times would you come in the locker room? And I'd be sitting there banging away. To computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I got to get in by this time. Uh-huh. So, wow. But, <laughs> So anyhow, uh, and from, from which institution did you get the? No free ads, but from Tiffin University. Tiffin University, All right? No free right. They don't have a hockey team yet, so. Yeah. They're gonna be they're 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 gonna be in the T show. They've already <laughs> talked. They've <laughs> already talked to Commissioner Driscoll. Did you see Kentucky came out with their uh, home schedule? No. Oh, listen, we got to make the trip, guys. All right, let's go. They came out with their home schedule. Michigan is going down there twice. <laughs> so we got to break the news here on the pod. And then Michigan gets to go there twice. And it says in bold at the bottom of it, puck drop midnight. Nice. <laughs> oh, yes. So. Yes. And. <clears throat> yeah, I'm totally in for that, too. <laughs> well, uh, as we talk about things are moving towards summer, although we had five inches of snow last week, um, let's see the changes that's happening in the news of the Ohio Hockey Digest. The Youngstown Phantoms of United States Hockey League completed a 49-game regular season schedule on Saturday with a 3-1 win over the U.S. National Development Team's U-17 squad. Youngstown finished the season with a final record of 12 wins, 30 losses, and 7 overtime or shootout losses. But despite the disappointing season in terms of win and losses, the team developed about two dozen players headed to the NCAA Division I programs, including about 16 that will move on to play in the college ranks next season. I just want to say... To, for them to get 49 games off, I remember when we first started, like when we first started talking about the USHL coming back and like their first five games were uh, postponed because of COVID. I didn't think they'd get 15 games in. Yeah. Their first 10 were on the road. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's funny because you look at that number and they didn't have a winning season. However, they were able to move that many guys onto the next level. Or help yeah. those guys move to the next level. Yeah. You look at so many people that say, I have to go here because it is this. Because everyone's going here. Everyone's doing this. Well, these guys went to a place that had a losing record. Now, mind you, I'm sure there's a lot of factors involved. However, they made it. So what's the old saying? No matter where you're at, if you're good enough, they'll find you. They'll find you. Mm-hmm. They'll find you. I mean, I always use this as an example. Of like, look at Ohio State football's uh, – roster you've you've got like billy from bucyrus division like five right they find him that is true no it's 100 percent true yeah kudos to the phantoms for getting the work done even under the under the circumstances so they've got like i said i think 16 kids will be in the ncaa next year all three goalies uh that they have will be playing as freshmen next year in the ncaa so uh, definitely did a good job uh, developing the players and and getting them through their through the or year. Or Doug from Danville too. Whatever it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? 
But huh. no, but my, you remember when he runs into Bobby from Bucyrus, <laughs> we got problems. <laughs> Billy from Bucyrus. Billy from Bobby Bucyrus. All right. The premier of the province of Nova Scotia, Ian Rankin, overruled his chief medical officer and canceled the International Ice Hockey Federation's 2021 Women's World Championship Tournament that was scheduled to happen north of the border May 6th through the 16th. The IIHF is taking some heat for canceling the Women's Worlds for the second year in a row with the Olympics coming up in 2022. All while the men's U18 World Championships are currently going off as planned this week in Texas. Team USA won their only pre-tournament game 5-1 over Sweden on Saturday and plays their first game of the preliminary round tonight, as we tape, Monday, against Russia. The IIHF president, Rene Fassel, says there was no plan B in place for the women's tournament because it would be cost prohibitive, and they were given every indication they didn't need one. Well, I I will say this. I I will say this. How that guy can come out and say that it, it would be cost prohibitive, okay, after what the NCAA basketball program or basketball tournament did is asinine to me. Yep. It's asinine to me. Like, this guy, this guy should probably, like, resign. I How do you not have a backup plan when you've known that the border's been closed? When you know, like, COVID's not new. These protocols aren't new. And then he comes out and says, well, it would have been cost prohibitive. Are you kidding me? But yet, I guarantee you, if it was the men's, they would have moved it or they would have played it. They would have had That's a plan B. A, so his, yeah. they, they didn't cancel it. The Nova Scotia canceled it. And his, his statement is, they just told me yesterday or last week, whatever it was, we're good to go. But, you know, well, they, you they, did they, say, they should they, have had they, a plan B in place before that. They, they did say on, on the television that uh, – they were notified the week of. So they were, they were supposed to start playing what next week. So they, they were told now with yeah. a week to get there or enough time to get there in quarantine and then play, they were told no. So, yeah. so the players were why, on their way because they had to quarantine for eight days. So they were, they were getting ready to travel and they just, they shut it down. Why right. were they not moved? Why? Here's, here's a couple of things I don't understand. They're, they're, they're making this big push and rightly a hundred million percent deservedly. So to promote the women's game million percent deserving well overdue, it should be done. And you go and you mess up the women's worlds. Come on, man. And of all places in Nova Scotia. So Nova Scotia came out and canceled it. Yes. So they had to go in quarantine for eight days up there. If they're already going up there, move it to Toronto, move it to somewhere else. To where you know what I'm saying? Texas. You could Cleveland. Texas, you you could they Cleveland. could have easily done that. They could have easily moved it to to the United States. Yeah, they could have easily moved it. Florida. All right, so they they cancel Memorial Cup. There's no Western Hockey League final. There's no OHL. There's no Quebec Major. You have open arenas. Yeah, I don't. They can't do it in Canada. I think is the problem. Well, because but, Canada went back on quarantine again, and yeah. Things are going at least, at least Ontario, Ontario went back on quarantine. So they went. I was reading this article to where like they were like giving police full like, reign, additional power. Like if you are yeah. out of your house, yeah, <clears throat> like you're gonna be a trap. You. Yeah, you couldn't go to a golf course. You couldn't go to a playground. Now I know they've since rescinded some of those. Like they, they said, the police do not have extra liberties anymore. Or they, it never went through. It was in place, but it never went through. You are 
they changed it to where, yes, you can go to a playground. There's distancing. You can go out. I mean, people in Canada are still getting their uh, vaccines and all that stuff. But I, I just think, in all honesty, for, for a location that had it all going in the right direction early on, what happened? <clears throat> but I think it's such a shame. And almost, I mean, I, I know it's not truly criminal. There's more things in this world, more important than a women's worlds. But the fact in the hockey world that you are promoting the women's game the way you are and going for equality and striving for everything that they more than more than deserve. The fact there was no plan B is, is I don't have another term. It's, it's criminal. It's right. criminal. You cheated these women out of this world championship. Well, I, I, not to go back and get too political on you, but it, it, it's, it's, this is a great example. Like when you said Canada's back to where they're at now, you know, and they were doing so well there for a while. But this is a, this is a great example of how our healthcare system in the United States is is a total disaster <clears throat> when we don't when we're not in a pandemic, but in the middle of a pandemic it works beautifully. Then when you're not in a pandemic, some say that the free healthcare system works beautifully, but when you're in a pandemic it's a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't mind waiting. Well, there you go. Health. Right. Yeah. But but look what's and happening. It's not free. No, it's, I know it's not free, but but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> They advertise it that, but I know, but, but they, it, the whole waiting process. So, I mean, they're going to be waiting years to get vaccinated vaccinations. There was a tweet uh, a few weeks ago. The guy says the United States has X amount of vaccines running through the country right now. Uh, there's X amount of people that are distributing the vaccine and, and uh, administering the vaccine. Do they have any extra we could hire? And the guy was <laughs> from Canada. Like, come on. I just, I, I, when I heard that they canceled the women's world, I was heartbroken for those, for those teams and for those players, because you train for this, this is basically Olympic qualifying. I mean, this is where, yeah. where, where, you, where you rank in the world for the Olympics and you just cancel another one on them. But yet the uh, I'm going to get the letters wrong. The women's professional hockey league. I don't know the, the name. I forgive me, but they, they were able to play games throughout throughout the United States and I believe they played one in Toronto or they were supposed to anyways so how I, I just it does not it just doesn't make sense to me yeah. there are ways a pair of Miami players utilized the NCAA transfer portal to exit Miami University last week senior defenseman Rourke Russell and sophomore goaltender Ben Cross are leaving Oxford for Sacred Heart and Arizona respectively so we had uh, Coach Bergeron on a couple weeks ago. We talked about that, and it seems like uh, this kind of helps. It. We talked about how long it takes to turn over the roster. These are guys he didn't recruit. Um, maybe guys transferring out helps him turn the roster over more quickly. Right. right. Maybe maybe five inches of snow. Ben Cross was like, I'm going to Arizona State. <laughs> they, got, they got pools in the dorm, bro. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Let's see what's going on with the Cleveland Monsters in this week's Monsters Minute. The Cleveland Monsters completed a two-game sweep over the Chicago Wolves last weekend, the Central Division leaders and one of the top clubs in the AHL. The Monsters weathered a late Chicago rally on Saturday, claiming a 5-4 overtime win on Tyler Angle's second goal of the game in the extra period. Cleveland wrapped up the two-game sweep in less dramatic fashion, scoring early and leading the rest of the way in a 4-2 win. Angle found the back of the net twice for the second straight game to finish off a four-goal weekend. Following the weekend series, the Monsters announced a series of roster moves. 
including the return of forward Cliff Pooh from Columbus's taxi squad and the loss of Liam Foody and Daniil Tarasov to the parent club. With Tarasov headed to the taxi squad, the Monsters will rely heavily on veteran goaltender Brad Thiessen throughout this weekend's three-game road series at Texas. ECHL netminder Justin Kappelmaster was signed to a PTO contract to fill a backup role for Cleveland. The Florida native has a 2.75 goals against average and 9.14 save percentage in 16 appearances for the Allen Americans this season. On Thursday, the AHL announced that it will not be able to conduct traditional Calder Cup playoffs in 2021 due to COVID protocols. Instead, the Monsters will have to settle for a late push for their first ever division title. At 13-7-1-0, Cleveland's 6.43 points percentage trails only Chicago's 7.29 percentage in the Central Division with eight games remaining. The Monsters Minute is brought to you by the Ohio Hockey Project, Northeast Ohio's leader in player development and advancement. Take your training to the next level this offseason with the Ohio Hockey Project. Let's get on air with Gilmore Gladiators U16 head coach, Shauna Conway. Let's welcome back to our show, Gilmore Gladiators U16 head coach, Shauna Conway. Welcome, Shauna. Thank you so much. So, Shauna, this is uh, uh, we're the week leading up to uh, you guys uh, traveling to Philadelphia, I believe, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, for the national tournament. Talk us through uh, the season. Um, COVID, obviously, was a big part of it. Um, I actually had a conversation with uh, one of the parents on your team about how the – what was it, your – your regional game almost didn't happen because Pittsburgh wasn't going to come in. And, and you know, so kind of talks to all a little bit about that. Cause I know a lot of some of our listeners may not know that. Yeah, no, it was a uh, dramatic for a while. So the issue over where the tournament would be hosted was something that was in the back of our minds for a while. Um, knowing that it was Pittsburgh's year to host, but at the same time, just sort of, you know, refreshing the, travel restrictions um, by different governments, um, you know, different state governments throughout the year, we were getting nervous as it was getting closer and closer um, to that special time of year. Um, So we um, realized, you know, about, I don't know, six weeks ago that Pennsylvania's numbers were still in a place where um, it wasn't going to happen because you would need to enter with a negative test. And what could potentially happen is tons of teams that were supposed to compete wouldn't be able to do so if they had somebody on their squad with a positive COVID test. So um, the um, solution by the district uh, was to have it at Strongsville, which is great. They were amazing. They just came up with all this ice and were so accommodating to bring this huge tournament to their facility on short notice. But the one game uh, that they did not want to schedule uh, was the 16 new tier one game, which everyone knew was gonna be the game of the year, an absolute barn burner. Um, and we held our ground firm that there should be no difference. There's tons of teams from Pennsylvania coming to this tournament and they're no different. Um, and it was an issue over, uh, a prep school that a bunch of their players attend did not want them leaving campus. Um, but thankfully they were able to fight, I guess, to leave campus. And we were able to have our game, um, on a beautiful Saturday evening in Strongsville, Ohio. So, uh, we got it done. So the powers that be had a plan B in place. (laughs) <laughs> and when COVID struck, this very important tournament could go somewhere else and be played. Yes. Huh. That's it's unique, incredible. isn't it, Scott? It's got wow. this crazy See, idea we... yeah. about how you can adjust on the fly. Um, even the wanna... International Ice Hockey Federation. We're going to want to call the premier of Nova Scotia, Ian Rankin, yeah. and tell him it's possible to have a plan B. Yes, little old us here in Cleveland, Ohio, figured it out. 
Come on, guys. Hey, Strongzo might have some ice. Maybe we're having women's worlds <laughs> at Strongzo. That would be cool. That would actually, be awesome. Actually, Jay, it wasn't that guy. It was uh, Renee Fazel who decided to not have a plan B. Right. Oh, he didn't have the plan B. But the premier overste- overruled the chief medical officer and canceled. Yeah. But crap. Yeah. Crap. So, anyways, so so Shauna, so you guys lead into this, and 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 now you guys are preparing for the national tournament uh, yeah. in in Philadelphia coming up here. Kind of walk us through what that looks like. Uh, how long have you guys been off? Have you guys been playing? You know, talk to us a little bit about that. Or, or how are the girls doing? Are we healthy? Like all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's a great question because I think it's a special year. Um, I will say, first and foremost, they are beyond thrilled to be there as a team. Um, Most of them, I think almost every single one of them has never been before. uh, So it's very special. And it's been something we've been working towards for years. So it wasn't just a one soft fluke game where we were the better team. Uh, They've wanted this for years and have fallen short several times. And this was our year. Um, But, you know, the trouble is USA Hockey moved nationals uh, an entire month back. because of COVID and they knew that Pennsylvania again was having some issues and it would be better if pushed later. The, the thing I think is unfortunate is there's a bunch of kids that are pretty good multi-sport athletes um, that now have had to take a very long extended break from spring sports because we couldn't have another quarantine come in if somebody was exposed. Um, and you know, it, it's tough for me because USA Hockey preaches that being a multi-sport athlete is a part of the development model and it's very important. Um, and now we have kids that are almost going to miss their entire spring sports season. Now they were doing it for a good reason to have the national tournament. But what we're noticing is there is a bit of a burnout factor. We took two weeks off. We went to another tournament in Indiana. Uh, We've only been going twice a week because we just knew that there's a certain time when it's time to shut it down. And that's supposed to be right now. And we're asking a lot of their bodies to continue to work this hard. So we've tried to take it easy um, incorporate some new drills and then just get back to stuff they love and enjoy doing on the ice so that it doesn't ever feel like work that they want to be there. So what's the uh, setup of the tournament? Like, so you, do you already know who you're playing, uh, in the uh, preliminary rounds? Yeah, they just, they did a really cool special social media release on uh, last Wednesday of all the tournament brackets and schedules. So there's four brackets of four, Um, and the top two teams advance to the quarterfinals in each bracket after round robin. So we got three games, and then we have to see where we land after that. Have you seen any of the teams you're going to end up playing? Yeah, the first game uh, is against Selects Academy of Rochester. Um, We played them twice this year. Um, And we've also played Team Colorado. It's the team in the middle, um, Minnesota Tradition, Vegas. They have Mm -hmm. some teams that they have these different designations. Um, they are the number one team in the country, um, and we've um, never seen them before in our lives. So <laughs> I'm sure they have the same to say about us as well. Well, you had mentioned that that the girls have gotten close so many times and, and haven't seen it through to be able to do that now. Do you think that's going to be ultimately a benefit to the team in that they had to learn how to lose, they had to learn how to win and what it took to get there, finally saw it through? Do you think that could be the push that gets you guys through this national tournament. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really do. I, I mean, I think um, they were so strong in the district game and, and really, I think, proved to themselves how good they really were, that it wasn't one of those fluke games where your goalie makes 65 saves and you take one shot on that that happens to go in. I mean, it was unbelievably competitive, up and down the ice the whole game. We were down twice. We were losing twice and found a way to win. Um, so I think the amount of confidence they gained from being able to do that um, 
they really feel like they deserve to be here um, and that they can compete with anybody, which I think they've proven. Um, if they play really aggressive um, for all three periods, then and their fate is in their own hands. So yeah, I think, you know, the failures from um, the past bunch of years and then including the confidence they've gained from this year are gonna be the keys. Out of your division, what do you what do you see happening? Obviously you guys are gonna you guys are gonna finish your your you know, win your division, win your way out. Out of that division you're in, what do you foresee? Where do you see the teams falling in line? Well, you know, one benefit that we might have and another program like Selects have is that we are together every single day. Um, you know, selects are a full season team, whereas the difference for Minnesota um, is that they all play on their different high schools. And this is sort of just like a tournament team that they get placed on. Um, now, that's not to say that every kid isn't outstanding. They really are. And, you know, but the difference will be our daily commitment to certain habits, um, to our systems, to our style of play. Whereas um, we are going to be matched up against a team that is three lines of outstanding talent, um, but they have a different model. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether the longevity pays off or um, pure talent pays off. I think that'll be the question. Um, I think um, it's going to be neck and neck uh, with us and selects. Um, Team Colorado have an outstanding goalie. So if she stands on her head, she could give them, um, she could give her team um, a chance and everybody else a run for their money. But we did play them recently in Indiana. So I think we feel pretty good about that game if we do the right things. So that's awesome. Yeah. What, what have been some of the highlights as you look back on the season? I mean, obviously winning districts, but prior to that, you know, leading up to that, uh, what are some of the high points that stick out this year? You know, being able to play at home so much, um, the girls were very well rested because Ohio was a place that opened quickly. Um, we were at home all year, which not only helped our parents keep money in their pockets without hotel bills and eating in restaurants for an entire hockey season, but we were able to be home and be with our families more, which was amazing. So that's one outcome of COVID that I have to say we're thankful for. I would say too, that just bringing some notoriety to the program. We had um, another unbelievable team, Little Caesars 16U are incredible to watch. They came and played us several times in our arena and that would have never happened before if our team wasn't as good as they were and the circumstances weren't what they were. So we were very fortunate to benefit from that. So, yeah. So this is an exciting time for your program, uh, Gilmore, uh, but also yourself. I mean, you, you said you've been working at this for a long time and, and, and a lot of congratulations has to go out to the girls, but it has to go out to you as well. Thank so you. congratulations to you. Uh, congratulations to the girls. Um, <clears throat> we look forward to in a couple weeks having you back on uh, with a different picture in the background. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. right. I love it. Yes, no, thank you. I have, I've really... I wanted it for the girls, but, you know, I didn't get to do this as a kid. So there is a part of me that's just loving every moment too. I mean, I was hysterical after we won. I was in, when we got our open net goal, when, and then that's when I knew that we had it, I blacked out. I don't even <laughs> know what happened. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no. So it, it's, um, it's awesome. It's one of those times in your life where you really just enjoy the present, which sometimes uh, it's not easy to do in our world. Sure. So we're doing it. Well, enjoy every second of it, Shauna. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys will do fine there, whatever happens, but and make sure you enjoy it because, uh, yep. you know, we're just so lucky to have it this year. Yep. Uh, and so enjoy every minute of it. Congratulations and good luck. And uh, we'll talk to you when you get back. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great one. Take care. Let's get on air with AAA Ohio Blue Jackets U18 
head coach Daryl Norton. Next up on the podcast is head coach of the AAA Ohio Blue Jackets U18 team. He has an 11-year pro career before moving into the coaching ranks, which included a stint with the Columbus Mavericks of the USHPL during this inaugural 2019-20 season. Please welcome on air, Daryl Norton. Welcome, Coach. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Coach, uh, first of all, congratulations on qualifying for the national tournament. Uh, that's a, a great accomplishment, great feat. And uh, uh, we look forward to talking and hearing a little bit about that uh, quest that you guys went through this year. Speaking of that, how did COVID impact your schedule and travel this year at the U18 Tier 1 level? Well, for us, you know, it was always, always a challenge. Um, we actually uh, very early in the year got shut down for about 30 days as we had uh, 14 players get it after opening weekend. So, um after that, we haven't had no issues. Knock on some wood so far. Um, with that, we had a couple kids that had it at the end of the summer uh, or the summertime as well before we even started. So uh, we've been very, very fortunate uh, this year with the COVID. Coach, what what have been some of the highlights of the season for you guys leading up to the district championship? Uh, we actually put on a real good show at, at playoffs out in Colorado. Um, lost to the eventual champion, Nashville, who – uh, we're very similar against and very familiar. Played them uh, a bunch of times uh, during the year. Um, I, I think the, um, you know, the biggest thing was was the mid-ams. Uh, you know, after day one of mid-ams, you know, you thought we were done and and lost in a shootout to Tri-State. And, and um, you know, then they uh, collectively came together and, and uh, took care of business with Cleveland and then uh, played two two of our best games all year flawlessly actually against uh, uh, Esmark and then the pens. Nice. So that was, uh, how long ago was that? Uh, <laughs> an eternity ago. It's been like, can't wait to get on the bus tomorrow morning. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been, it's been a long, I think it's seven weeks. Um, yeah. So you said they, everything came together and you won those two big games and now you got seven weeks off. To, so what have you been doing to, uh, keep everybody sharp? Uh, well, we picked up some games. Um, Syracuse came into town. Uh, we actually played Nashville, uh, last weekend in a, in a showcase here, uh, put together a couple scrimmage games with some, uh, 16 U kids coming up to 18th next year uh just practice 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 you know they got some time off at um at uh easter there but um my assistant coach has been to nationals before and uh he's been a huge part of of keeping everybody focused and and the biggest thing is in shape yeah so we've seen a long uh line of players coming out of that program into the ncaa ranks and the pro hockey ranks. Do you have any kids this year that you think have a good chance of moving on and playing at the next level? Uh, we, we actually have currently two guys uh, tendered in the NAW, Cole Miller and uh, Noah Holt. Uh, and I think we're waiting at any day now for another player, David Levkis. Uh, I do feel that, um, you know, our goalie, Michael Sochin, uh, who we were very lucky to get. Um, we were just talking a story yesterday. We had a little send-off party, but uh, I answered an email of him because our uh, pencil in number one from last year's team decided to go out east and play junior. So 
Michael was a was a blessing and, and played unbelievable uh, in the mid ams. And I will say, our uh, our younger goalie had an outstanding year this year as well. Um, they basically flip flopped most of the year until the playoff times come. And in, in, in the mid am, uh, Matthew Zazan, who's been in the program for a long time here, um, but he had a had a wonderful first year of of 18s as well. So going in, I'm sorry, going in the Nationals, coach, you, you already know who you're playing against. And have you seen how many of those uh, those three teams out of the round robin have you seen before? And where, how do you feel your game right now is, is going to match up? Well, obviously, take away the seven week layoff. But when yeah. you guys are, are when you guys are charging full, how do you see your game matching up against each of your upcoming opponents? Well, first of all, we, we start out with Rochester, who we played, I believe, back in January. February, one of those times um, here, they came in for two games. Uh, we beat them three, one, I think with an empty netter and lost two, one um, Maine, who I was very impressed with. We saw uh, during the winter time, um, they beat us four to three after and we actually tied it up. We were down three, nothing after one, but um, I mean, my team, if, if we're clicking like they're, 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 they work so hard Um and they're just tenacious and they, they never give up. And it's kind of one of those teams that you're, if you're the other teams that are highly ranked ahead of us, you know, are, are hopefully a little bit worried about us because I really wouldn't want to play us when we're ticking. That's awesome. Well, coach, uh, thanks for coming on, joining us tonight. Give us a little bit story about this year leading up to nationals. Uh, we'd really like to have you on after. Uh, with a big old trophy behind you, and absolutely, uh, hey, absolutely. Uh, so best of luck this week, upcoming week, uh, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you soon. So congratulations again on qualifying, and good luck with this week coming up. I appreciate it. We'll be digging in. Awesome. Thanks, All right, coach. coach. Thank Have you. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Let's get on air with Team Ohio U18 head coach Pat Metzger. Please welcome our next guest, Patrick Metzger, is another on-air returnee. In episode 22, he told us about the history of Team Ohio and some of the enhancements he has made to the program over the years that led up to the 2019 National U18 Tier 2 Championship. He is back today because both his U18 and U16 teams are heading to the national tournament. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Mr. Patrick Metzger. Welcome, Coach. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me back. I love being on. Well, this is exciting time for your program as you not only get one, but two teams that will be going to the national tournament, uh, U18s in Green Bay and the U16s in Grand Rapids. So despite COVID, uh, how have you managed to keep a packed schedule this season? And how many games did the 16s and 18s actually get in? Um, The season actually went, you know, when I first started talking to you guys in that first episode that we, we talked, you know, I didn't know what we what was going to happen, right? Um, it was a very challenging year. We all know that. Um, our biggest thing was we're going to play until we can't and just kind of keep plugging. So, like, for us, for just for the U18 side of things and for the 16s for that matter, we, we both got our entire season in. Um, we had no issues. Um, we had very little cancellations. Um, we were – we did have more home games – um, and we didn't do a lot of tournament stuff um, just because of just not being allowed to, you know, a lot of the tournament stuff that was going around across the country. But 
we, we shoot, I think we, before we separated in end of October, we had, I want to say roughly like 29 home games, um, which was awesome. Like no travel. We didn't stay in one hotel room, which, you know, was awesome. You know what I mean? So we got to, you know, we played most of our games at Serpentini, which was great. And uh, we got through it. Um, six teams maybe played a little less. Um, they didn't bring in as many teams and stuff. It's a little more challenging for the U16 team but they still got close to about 20, 25 games. Um, and on the second half, this, this longest season ever, um, we've actually, we started back up, what, the second week of March, and we've played about 12, 13 games already um, since we've been back. So we're, we're, we're over the 40 marker right now. I think we're gonna, Nationals will be our 42nd game. So considering that in a normal pre-post world, the best we've ever done was 47 games in 2019. Um, so we're right there. So we didn't really lose anything. So the fact you bring up 2019, you guys got your ring, the U18 uh, national championship in 2019. How have you used that recent experience to prepare both teams for this upcoming tournament? Um, we, we try not to talk about past teams. I know that kind of sounds hard, but this is a whole new group of players. We have two returners that were on that 2017. So, but you know, one thing that happened even last year um, is you had a half a team that like won the national tournament the year before, and then you brought in some new players. No one really cared. The new players didn't care about how much team Ohio won the national championship in 2017. And just like this team, they're, they're making their own destiny. So we kind of just focus on what we're doing as a team right now. And no one cares about us winning a tournament or winning games in September, October, or national championship experience. Now, for me to be at the national tournament again and understanding what goes into that, yes, the experience for that and, you know, what it takes and, you know, itinerary-wise and how to schedule and with just your planning meals to, you know, practice ice to bus, bus travel, there's a lot that goes into it, right? Um and this year having what, I think we had seven total weeks to prepare versus three, um, you know, it's yeah. a big difference. Um, so, you know, we talked about it yesterday. We had, uh, we had our like kind of our final uh, walkthroughs last night, yesterday afternoon. Um, and then we had, you know, like our team meetings and we kind of just discussed, you know, went over the itinerary, went over what it's going to take, went over each team that we're playing. We have film on everybody. So, the experiences that you asked about, like we just kind of focus really on this year's team. And I think that's the most important thing. Hey, Pat, I just want to ask, uh, to kind of jump on that. Do you think it's an advantage or disadvantage that uh, this team, I mean, you guys are considered the, the reigning champs, right? Right. The, and do you consider it an advantage or disadvantage that really nobody on this team, except for two, you said, yeah. Um, has that like, so I mean, could it be beneficial for, you know, the returners to come back if you get a whole bunch of them and say, all right, we're defending our championship. Right. It's almost like this team has got, they're almost going to win their first. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it is. It, it's been, it's tough. I, I think this, this, this group, um, I still tell coaches and the kids today, I don't know how good we are still. I still go back to that. We've had during this post part of things, We've had different players. We have lacrosse players. We have baseball players. And I've been very accommodating, uh, unlike other years, because the season has been so long. 
So we've been missing kids for practices because I'm letting they're going to lacrosse games or, you know, they're going to baseball games or track and field or whatever they might be doing because I didn't want to take that away from another year. Right. Because they missed out on it last year. So I think that's been the biggest um, hurdles is we haven't really had a, a ton of practices with all 20 guys um, practicing and competing. We've had players, recruits filling in through this post portion of our season, um, and it's worked out well. I think these last few weeks together, like I've seen it this week, especially last or last week in practice, that they're starting to like kind of get, okay, we got to focus on hockey for another three weeks, right? We can do this, right? Um, you know, we, we went to Pittsburgh last weekend, and we did not do very well. Um, we, got, we got beat, and we got beat bad. And I think that was actually a blessing. Um, and I hope I look back on this come next Tuesday and go, wow, going to Pittsburgh, teams are out there to kill us, get beat us, and we weren't ready to play. Uh, and they, they took it to us. So we lost, we lost a couple games last weekend. And I think that overall helped us to refocus. Um, you know, like any 18-year-old, you know, or 17-year-old or 16-year-old, they they, they, they start falling in love with themselves. They think they're better, you know, you know, they, okay, we're good. We beat some high level tier one teams two weeks ago in nationals. Now they have all this confidence and then they got, you know, stomped on. I think that really was a big help in the process this year. I really do. Now I know you said you don't like to draw on past for current, but do you see any parallels between this team and the one that won the tournament? A lot. Um, I do. Um, the biggest thing that I see is they're a team. Like we don't have a so-called like star, right? Like I don't have an Aiden Spellacy or, you know, like an Evan Kruger. We're just going boom back to many years, but you know, we've always had guys that, Hey, I need a couple goals. I got some guys. This is more like 17 where they're more, they're, they're, they're tight bond. Um, they're, they, they love the whole team Ohio aspect of things. They do anything for each other. Um, so I, that's what I love about, you know, these guys It's very, that's the similar part is they're a team. Like these guys, I'll, I'll walk in our bus leaves at noon tomorrow. I'll get to the rink in the morning and guys will start showing up at nine 30 in the morning. You know what I mean? Like getting stuff ready and organized and you know, like they're, you know, they're, they're ready for it. Right. So I think that's the biggest similarity, but you know, like that team, we had kids on the 17 team and I've been talking to the kids about this, this past week is who's going to be special. Who's going to step up, you know, in 17, we had three or four players, um, you know, Jack Henry Muha, like we talked about him in other episodes is like, he was special. Well, who from this team can become special. Right. And we're not going to know that until we start the games here on Thursday. So I think that's a big key proponent is, we're going to see something out of kids maybe that we haven't seen. Maybe a kid that's a third or fourth liner, you know, steps up and, and a big time goal and an opportunity. We, you know, that's what you need at the national tournament. And, uh, Team Ohio has done a great job moving players on to the next level, um, whether that's uh, junior, college, hockey, what have you. Uh, are there any kids on this U18 team that will be playing somewhere else next season? You know, right now, I think all the kids are really still, I try to not talk about next year. Um, we do that. We'll do meetings and we'll, we'll bring in. So like during our week at nationals, um, we'll have coaches from all leagues 
come and talk to the kids. Uh, we don't do it individually. We do it as a group. So nobody's, you know, like, oh, this kid, like, we just want to hear about programs and what it takes and at the Juro. On our current team, I think there's a few guys um, that definitely want to pursue the junior option. Um, but you never know. Like, junior hockey is a total different ball game, right? You know, being focused, you know, getting stronger, putting the workout out in the summer, being on the ice all summer. You know, some of these guys are very content with, you know, competing for state championships in high school and competing for a national championship. And that's a great career. And I've seen that trend a lot more uh, because, you know, right now at junior hockey, there's so many different leagues and you never know what the right situation is. Um, every kid is different. Like I always tell people, I was like, yeah, you're one of my top guys here with our U18, but you're going to go to junior hockey and you can be a third, fourth liner. How are you going to handle that? You know, and we talk about that a lot and the kids that want to pursue it, um, do it. And, you know, but I would say on this team, um, I know both goalies want to play at the at junior level, um, but they're young, they're 04 birth years. So they both can return, but I know they're maybe looking at some options. Um, I got um, off the top of my head. I got a couple defensemen that, you know, are looking at junior options, but you know, I don't know if they're ready. You know, I'm always like, Hey, if someone's ready and their high school coach blesses it and I bless it, you know, I'm great. It's, I think it's great. Um, if they're not ready and, you know, we you know, come back and play, cause these are the younger kids that are more thinking about junior hockey. I would say the seniors for the most part this year are all going to be, you know, going ACHA club or, you know, hanging them up, you know, and that, and that happens every year. So back to what you have coming up this week and you guys leave tomorrow, you, you, you get in and in, it looks like you're getting right out of the gate against the, uh, the hometown team, the green Bay Bobcats Yeah, and follow it up with the Littleton Hawks followed by the Chicktawaga hockey club there on Saturday. What do you know about the teams uh, you're going to be facing this week? Yeah. Um, green Bay is going to be a challenge. Um, I'm it's out of everything in our bracket. Um, green Bay scares me. Um, it's the first game out of the, out of the, for the event. Um, we, we have film on them. We watched three, I've watched three of their games. Uh, but it's tough to like pick up stuff. And I've picked up a few things, uh, but they're a pre-post team just like us. Um, so very similar styles, you know what I mean? They get up the ice for a but so we know a little bit about them, um, but we're not going to be able to see them live. Like we're going to be able to see the other teams. Right. Um, and I think that's a big part mm -hmm. watching film and trying to pick it up on hockey TV is a little challenging or live barn. Um, but you know, and, and they only played like 15 games. And a lot of them were against the same teams over and over and over again. Um, so we really don't know. It's, it's a mystery, right? Um, yep. I think the bracket that we're in is, is for being the number two team in the country, I think is, I, I can't believe the bracket we have um, with, you know, Chitawaga, I believe is four in the country. Um, and Littleton's a little down the road, um, but, you know, it goes back to that Green Bay. Um, I don't think their ranking is close to what they are. I think they're, 17th in the country right now. And I would put them in my top, you know, 10 for sure. Um, you know, so if we can get through green Bay, I, I feel confident against Littleton. Um, Cause I think we match up well against them. Um, they're a smaller team. They're not as physical. We struggle um, with, you know, fast and physical teams. Um, we've, that's happened to us all year. Cause for whatever reason, we, you know, sometimes lay down and we don't get off the hot starts. We're in trouble. Um, 
And then Sheik Tawag has only played, I think, a total of eight games this year, being in New York. Um, so we really don't know anything on them yet. Okay. But really good program. We know those guys. They were actually supposed to come play us in, I think, early April. And they had to cancel for whatever reason for another, you know, issue. So I think it's tough. I think the hardest thing, and I've been talking to people about this, is if we can get through our bracket at either a one or two C, the quarterfinals is going to be everything we can possibly handle. In most years, you know, we get to the quarterfinals and we got a pretty decent matchup. This year, it's either going to be Minnesota Moose, who we beat in the final in 17, or it's going to be Janesville, the number like one team in the country. So, or number three, they're like right behind us. Um, so that quarterfinal game, you get through that quarterfinal game, we're going to be sitting really, really nice, but there's a lot of hockey to be played before those, before that happens. So let's kind of uh, transition away from the national tournament and talk a little bit about your program. Um, tell us some of the enhancements that you uh, have made with the Team Ohio program over the year, over the past year or so. Yeah. Um, I know you're doing some full year teams and then you added a high school team for next season as well yeah yeah so um we're always trying to keep up and you know you know do different things and make it a, a better place for youth hockey players high school hockey players to have an opportunity to play for team ohio uh the youth program this year exceeded in our tryout period in march exceeded any other year we ever had um, we, I'm really happy with all our teams and the selections. I'm thankful for all the, you know, families that were playing at other organizations um, to come and check our program out. Um, and I, you know, looking at, you know, rosters and where kids have come from, we've done a really good job with the youth program in not, you know, just maybe, maybe a little more talent. We used to be maybe a second or third option in, in, in the youth hockey scene here in Cleveland. And I would say we're, we're every year we're getting stronger. I'm not going to say we're, you know, no one's the best. We're always trying to get better. Right. But um, we've done a really good job with the youth program this year. Next year, we'll have a 2013 full ice uh, team, which is like a might team. We've never done that before. Um, but we, you know, we brought in some new coaches from other programs. So youth wide youth side of things, I'm ecstatic and I'm very excited for the future. Um, in regards to the high school, uh, Jeff McCarthy contacted me. Uh, he was with North Royalton and he wanted to talk about having, you know, a club, um, USA hockey high school. And for years I, I kept turning it. I was like, no, we're not, that's not the part of the program. It's not part of my program. Um, and I wanted to make very clear that it doesn't affect my pre-post doesn't affect other, other high schools. Right. Um, and it's going to, now that I realize, you know, how this, we, how this all works, but um, it's just another opportunity for a kid that doesn't go to a Gilmore Academy or a St. Nations or a St. Edward or, you know, whatever school they go to, they don't have a hockey option um, or they don't like their current situation or they can't make a certain team in a high school or whatever the case may be. There could be an option with the team Ohio high school teams. Um, I know they plan on doing like a JV maybe and like uh, the whole high school thing. So um, I think Jeff does a really good job. He really cares about, um, you know, what he's doing with the high school side of things. I'm really not involved in regards to doing anything of the day-to-day -day operations. Um, I will do everything I can to support the high school side of it. Um, but it's basically Jeff's basically just taking North Royalton 
and bringing him over under, under the Team Ohio banner. Uh, well, it's exciting stuff. I mean, what they always said, if you if you can't, I mean, if you, if you hear a hammer, uh, hammer and a nail, that means that there's progress, and, and you're always progressing something with Team Ohio. So congratulations on that. Thank right? you, um, Coach. Good luck uh, in Green Bay. Um, talk to us a little bit about the 16s. Yeah, let's. Yeah, I really we um, the 16s have been great. Um, I know Coach Guy and Coach Glover have been working really hard with these guys the last few days. Um, meeting up to this, you know, leaving them not leaving until Thursday because it's a little closer drive for those guys, uh, or they leave Wednesday, I believe. But, um, you know, Coach Guy's got a good group. Uh, yesterday we did a special teams day, like power play, penalty kill, for both both U16 and U18s, and it was fun just getting to see everybody out there. And I, I can see the guys that are committed to that program and, and, and on the 16s. Um, I expect them to do extremely well. Um, you know, they they, you know, They've been working hard. They got a good little core group. Uh, hopefully, a lot of those guys can move up to our eight teams next year. Those, you know, for next year. But I expect them to do really well at the tournament. They have a they have a pretty good draw um, bracket wise, um, and they got a lot of good talent. Like every one of their players on their roster played varsity hockey for whatever team or whatever high school they represented. So it wasn't like they were coming from a JV or you know something like that. You know. JB, no, nothing wrong with that, but they all play, got minutes on, you know, their current varsity or, you know, schools. Well, ha having that experience for those younger guys, when I say younger, those 16s, right, yeah. uh, playing against 18 year olds all year, right. it can't hurt them when, it, when they, when they go to a U16 national tournament. Right. No. And I think that's going to help. We, we, we spend a lot of time with both teams. I am, I'm really focusing on like, even next year, I try to improve that dynamic um, for, with, with the 16s, with the 18s. Everybody talks a lot about the 18s, and we sometimes forget about our 16s, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of mold that a little better it, coming in these next couple of years to really keep every the 16s and 18s kind of do a lot of the same stuff, but, you know, do, kind of run it the same way we run our 18s with our U16 team. Gotcha. All right, I, I'm just going to th throw this out there, spitball real quick uh, at yeah. you here, Pat. Uh, red or white wine? Red. Always. Atta boy. Cab or Malbec? Cab. Always cab. Ooh, love it like I that. I'm no. on the fence on that. I'm on the fence. I, I, I like both I, sides of it, but I'm, I got right now I'm going a little more guys. Malbec. Best bottle under $18. Oh, gosh. I like Josh. I like Josh. Um, see, but half the time it's 22, half the time it's 18. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I like Josh a lot. I like that. I was gonna say decoy, but decoy, like decoy. Sitting, currently sitting over twenty, but that's all right. It is. Um, I'll, I'll give you one. Danny, go ahead. Danny's got one. Oh, Danny, let me hear it. I was just gonna say, why are you guys spending eighteen dollars on a bottle of wine? <laughs> I just it's all about whole, the financials, Danny. I just, I just bought a whole box of wine from Costco. Oh, yeah, it was Danny, only I get like thirty glasses for that. Because we grew up on Mad Dog, so right, right. anything's better than that. Hey, yeah, we grew up on Boone's Farm and yeah. Mad Dog. So now that we actually have jobs, we like to enjoy a bottle of wine. Yes. All right, which one do you have, Pat? Um, best, I think you can get it for about 14 bucks. It's Fit by Vine. Anybody try it? I heard of it. I haven't tried it. Awesome. Uh, lower phos or phosphates, uh, so a lot of less sugar. Um, 
good for guys that are really active in our communities. Is it a keto wine? It's a keto wine, right? Yes. Yeah. Guys trying to burn guys trying to burn that 400. Get on that. I got to burn the 400. It's tough to do (laughs) after a couple bottles of Josh. (laughs) Yeah. Fit. What's it called? Fit by vine. Fit by vine. You can find it at your local supermarket. Okay, we don't want no 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 free ads. No so free no ads. ads. No free ads. Yeah. No free yeah. ads. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so one last question for you, Coach. Yeah. Um, those of us that that know you on a personal level know that you, you this week is going to be filled. These kids are going to have a great experience. Everyone knows that. The kids know that, and and that's one thing that's very special about the Team Ohio experience. And I, I will say that because uh, uh, you've you've taken a, a bunch of my kids uh, yeah. in your program. So. Um, what activities do you right. have for these kids? Or it can't, I mean, this isn't going to air till Friday, so they'll already be doing it. So yeah. what activities do you have for these kids? All right. So tomorrow night, steak dinner, downtown Milwaukee. Um, our, we always do a steak dinner before national starts. So they get a, you know, a nice steak dinner. So that's a nice little, we have our final little talk and cheers of the season and get ready for the event. With fit uh, by vine, fit by vine too. Fit by vine, right. Wednesday night. We have a field tour of Lambeau Field, Ooh, um, which would be nice. pretty cool. I've never, I've never been to Green Bay, so um, I know Grayson was pushing me to make sure we do. Uh, we're doing a tour of Lambeau, so we can do a Lambeau leap. So we're doing a tour of Lambeau, and then we're actually having dinner um, at Lambeau Field. Um, so which would be pretty cool for the kids. Um, and then we always do either putt putt or we do bowling. So it's like some competition on Thursday morning before our game, we'll do some competition stuff, right. To kind of get the kids out of the hotel room, get them, you know, doing something different. Even if it's just an hour, we get them in, we get them out, but they get out of the hotel. Uh, so we, the kids love the pup part or the bowling. It's, it's so competitive every year. It's hysterical. Well, you have five. You have five of uh, our guys on your team, yes. and we do a lot of bowling. Yes, <laughs> and they are. I mean, they bring their own shirts. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, do. I know our five guys uh, yep. enjoy some bowling. Yeah, so they'll do. They'll do that, and then the last night because we really kind of do all activity stuff before the quarterfinals start usually, and so we'll then do um, a tour of like downtown Green Bay on the water. Um, so we, uh, one of the families is picking up a nice dinner for the team. And then, um, we're just going to kind of walk around downtown and hang out. So that's kind of the activity for Friday night. Um, but we're staying right downtown. Um, awesome place that we're staying at. So we're excited. Like we have all our team meeting. We have a meeting room every day, uh, for breakfast and lunches, um, that is all catered in by the hotel. So that will be pretty cool. So we don't have to worry. The one thing I don't like doing on these trips is worrying about where we're eating, how we're doing it, where are we going, getting the bus driver here and there. The more breakfasts and lunches will always be at property. And I know everybody's good with that. And then dinners, we try to get everybody out of the building. And then like our schedules, which is kind of crazy this year is we play 2.30, like 2.30 on Thursday, 2.30 on Friday and 12.30 on, uh, I think, uh, what, Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. Yep. And then I go right to the golf course at three o'clock on Saturday. Saturday is a day of, okay, let's, let's relax. Let's have some time with family. Um, and so I go to the golf course and they all do stuff with family and we meet back at the property at eight o'clock and we talk about the quarterfinals. So that's kind of how we do it, which is kind of cool. I've always done that. Um, this year we're 
hopefully playing whistling straights. I'm crossing my fingers on that. I'm hoping hoping these guys come through on that. And if that happens, that's gonna be a magical day. What's the, <laughs> how's the golf what's the game? Weather, what's the weather look like? <clears throat> Mid sixties, so we should Perfect. be okay. Perfect. How, yeah. How's the golf game going? All right so far. You know, I got off to a kind of a shaky start this year, but um, I grinded it back. So I'm, I'm kind of starting to figure it out again a little bit. You still using the Vokey wedges? Yeah, still. Yeah, still got. I got Metsy on. I'm, I'm like, sure you do. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> if you need a looper, you need a looper. I'm just saying, I got, look, look, I got the caddy hat on right now. That's great. The hat looks good. Go. I'm ready to I go. I like it. It's good stuff. We'll have to <laughs> hey. get out Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll definitely, when you guys come back with a trophy, we'll have to go and celebrate. So uh, coach, uh, congratulations on making it to the national tournament um, and good luck this week. Um, you know, hopefully uh, next week or in two weeks, we can have you back and uh, uh, we can love it. Uh, cheers to a, a victory. Um, travel safe, uh, be safe and uh, um, you know, have, have fun. Most importantly, have fun in this time of not even knowing if we were ever going to play this year. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you always have fun with your, with your guys. So, uh, again, congratulations. Thanks for joining us and good luck this upcoming week. Awesome. Thanks guys. Thanks for, for having me. I think, for, thank you guys for all the support, uh, Scott, for everything that you do with, with this and getting all these guests. I, I'll tell you, I, I, I listen to these things and I love them. I think I've told you guys all this before, um, what you guys have done for, you know, just for every, bringing all these different guests in and learning. I learned stuff from some of these coaches that you guys brought on and some of the stories uh, that I've, you know, got to listen to and, you know, listen to you guys laugh and talk about it. It just, I laugh every time you guys are laughing because it's funny <laughs> to me as well. So keep doing what you guys are doing and uh, you guys rock it. So thanks for having me. Well, it's, it, you know, Pat, it's funny because we're going on our 50th episode next year next and week. when Scott or, or next, next week, I'm sorry, it's the red wine. Um, <laughs> when Scott talked to us a year ago about this, we joked that we didn't think it would last four weeks. Right. And some of the, the guests that he gets and some of the conversations, like you say, man, I, I go back and listen to those because when, when we're doing this, you, you know, you're kind of like in, in production mode, right? Right. Yeah. I go back and listen to it and I learn so much from these, these coaches, these personnel. Right. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Uh, it's there's, you've had like, it's just been good. Like Bergeron even last week, he was good. And then, um, I really love your Penn State one uh, a couple oh. weeks ago. That was oh. that might have been my one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> I almost put I almost put a Nittany Lions jersey on and ran through the wall, dude. I was ready. I was ready to roll. I was ready to go. He Joe was good. Joe is exciting. Joe is exciting. Yeah, Joe was really really good. So, but awesome. all right, all right coach, good luck. All right, be thanks good. Thanks, Patrick, and uh, good luck. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. The third period of this episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by the United States Premier Hockey League. The 2021 USPHL NCDC Combines are set to take place in Detroit, Michigan, April 23rd and 24th, and Chicago, Illinois, May 14th and 15th. Players born between January 1st, 2001 and December 31st, 2005 will be eligible. Limited openings available for all positions. The USPHL and its tuition-free division, the NCDC, are providing an unparalleled, comprehensive on-and-off-ice recruiting opportunity for players from throughout the United States. More than 150 players committed to college hockey over the 2019-2020 NCDC season alone. And there are currently over 50 Division I committed players skating in the NCDC. 
Register at www.usphl.com forward slash combine. Well, another great show, another great uh, opportunity to talk to people who are at the height of their game right now. Uh, going into the national tournaments, whether it's the women's national tournament, the U16 level with Shauna Conway from Gilmore, whether it's the tier one U18 uh, Ohio Blue Jackets, Daryl Noreen, who's their head coach, or whether it's a tier two U18 and U16 Team Ohio teams heading to their respectful nationals. It's an exciting time when you think about this. Think about we've got four teams in our coverage area that are going to play for a national championship. That's 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 really, really good. Fantastic. Absolutely. And I we also should point out that the Dayton Stealth High School team went to the USA Nationals. It was already two weeks ago. They played that one earlier. So there's five. Five, five teams. Yep. I mean, that's amazing. That's awesome. You know, and, and again, we we kind of are stuck in a bubble here uh, of oh, Ohio. And then, you know, we always got kind of get debunked by Michigan. Rightfully so. Right. Michigan, let's call it what it is. They have better hockey than we do. Right. But we're not doing too bad. We're kind of growing. I mean, we talk many times about Columbus. Are they growing? Or, no, they're here. They've landed, yeah. people. They've landed. Yeah. Right? So I thought it was a great, great conversation. It was great to hear from Shauna again. Um, you know what? I could. I don't know if you, you guys probably saw it as well. Her excitement and, and joy to get there, because they've been working a long time at this, and her excitement to get there. I'm so happy for her and, and the program. Um, so, you know, good luck to her. But but I just I really enjoyed her enthusiasm and her joy and Jay, you brought it up in the picture she had in her background. She had the, you know, like the, the arms up, like it was a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, she was, I, I remember when, when they won that game and the picture came out and I think it was there that she said, uh, forgive me. I, I do believe I blacked out when we won. She was so excited and just the excitement, uh, you know, in her talk again today in the excitement in, in coach Norris, uh for his boys, with Columbus or with, yeah, with the Ohio Blue Jackets and uh, Coach Metzger and what he's got going with Team Ohio. You're right. We're growing. We're getting better every single year. We're maybe, maybe, maybe we're a little bit behind in, in the Michigan uh, standpoint, you know, them being just above us, but we're doing great things in Ohio and hockey is growing in Ohio and it's a fantastic thing. Yeah, and I'm not knocking, I'm not, I don't, excuse me, Scott, I'm not knocking Ohio hockey. You know that. I'm no, just saying that we, I mean, I think I don't. I mean, I think we are closing the gap every day. It's not. It's not closed, but we're closing it. I mean, yep. we've got five teams that are that qualify for the national tournament. It's pretty darn good. Yep. Yeah. Michigan, Michigan, was... Michigan has three times the amount of teams. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably some you know traditional hockey states for those of you at home. I'm making air quotes when I say that traditional that don't have five teams going to national like that. Yep. Right. Right. You know, Massachusetts and Connecticut and that, you know. I well, I, 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 I believe Massachusetts can't travel this year, right? Good point. So, but I mean, because there's like, there's in Team Ohio's uh, rankings, the number one team in the nation is not, they're not going. Mm-hmm. And I believe they're, I believe, let me look here real quick. Uh, actually, it's Minnesota, the Minnesota uh, Voyagers. So they didn't, whether or not they're allowed to travel or not allowed to travel, they're not going. So it's oh. what it is. Well. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, as always, uh, it was uh, a great uh, opportunity to learn 
from local hockey and, and within the state of Ohio hockey uh, personnel. Uh, circle your calendars for next week's show. It's going to be the 50th show, and we're looking back at some of our favorite moments from the first 49 episodes. It's going to be a lot of fun. I will say this uh, to our listeners. You're going to want to uh, definitely tune in for that one. Um, we're all going to be together. We've done every one of these shows uh, via Zoom. Uh, this will be the first time that we're all together in the same studio doing a show. Uh, uh, just for those guys out there, we're all vaccinated, so we're all good. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to be able to uh, talk about 50 shows, Scott Harrington, 50 shows of, of the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. Thoughts before we do that? Uh, I would, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, uh, I'm not, I'm proud of the, uh, the quality more than the quantity. I think there's been some really cool conversations and I think, uh, obviously you guys are the regulars. I, I jump in here and there when I feel like it, but, oh yeah, trust uh, me. We'll talk a lot about that next week. I'm sure. Oh yeah, we will. I'm sure. So yeah, kudos to you guys for, uh, for doing that. And I think it wasn't my idea. It was your idea. You guys called me, remember? Well, no, we did, but it, hum, uh, humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> we called you. Uh, we talked about it, and 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 truthfully, I mean, we've been, we enjoy, and everyone. And there's a lot of things that people enjoy reading on the Hockey Digest. And when COVID hit, as we talked about, Scott, we we talked about what's there going to be to write about. Yeah. yeah. Not not That's a lot. True. Yeah. So if you can't write about it. And, and you would, I mean, you get a lot of visitors to your page. If you can't write about it, let's talk about it. Let's get people to talk about it. Yeah. And we would never be doing, if COVID wasn't a thing, this would never would have happened. No. Oh, and we got some great guests right off the hop and that definitely helped. Yeah. You know, get the next, the next guest. And, and after all, we got to save this for, for show 50. But Absolutely. Well, okay. Yeah. We I, will. I, will, I, I will say this, that our first episode ever oh. was actually... A redo. Oh, that's right. We'll discuss next week. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so again, circle your calendars. It's going to be great. Uh, episode 50 is next week. We're going to be together. Uh, can't wait to do it with all you guys together instead of through this computer screen. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We continue to grow the game as best as we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast.